Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. Hey, Justin. What? You want to play some Wizards and Warriors? Sure, why not? my enthusiasm there. that was nice uh did you love the fact that i decided not to do a welcome intro i did all right and we're the two dudes we're two dudes and a ness we play nintendo games and today we're playing wizards and warriors classic wizards and warriors not the cbs tv show wizards and warriors all was that related i never watched the show was that even related to the Video game? I don't think it was. Um, right. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I, th- you know, it's weird. Like the fantasy television shows have changed. Like now, there's some fantasy television change, but they're somewhat. You know, it's like zombies and vampires. Back then, it was like Xena the Warrior Princess <laughs> and Wizards and Warriors and Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this could be a tie-in game. I don't know. Was there a Kuros character in the CBS show? I don't know. Show? I don't know. Uh, like I said, I never watched it. Uh, I don't think it was out very long. Yeah, it looked pretty sweet. Of course, if I you say ask that. Me. I say that, but uh, I'll probably look it up here, and it'd be like it was out for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most famous shows ever made. Uh, Jeff Conaway was in it. Yeah. Uh, no, no Kuros. Prince, uh, his, his, he was the main character. He was Prince Eric Greystone, a protagonist. So, welcome everybody to the classic (laughs) CBS TV show. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, no. Let's, uh, Justin, here comes your segment. Are you ready? Because it's time for Justin's historical tidbits and trivia. All right. Uh, Wizards and Warriors history. So Wizards and Warriors was created by a a, a company um, 
that was actually very famous in video games, and that's Rare. Rare, uh, it was one of their, one of their first games. It wasn't the first game that they came out with for the Nintendo. Their, their first game was a game we'll probably talk about one day, Slalom. Uh, but, uh, Rare obviously went on to become a, a very famous company that created games like Donkey Kong Country. Um, but it was actually published not by Rare, but by, uh, um, Acclaim. The video game company Acclaim was that one that actually released it to North America in, uh, 1987, December. Um, so the game is centered around a guy named Kuros, uh, not to be confused with Kuru, the neurological disease that you can catch by traveling to New Guinea. Uh, I'd say it's mostly uh, the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, it was later released in Europe in 1990, so there's a little slowdown there. And that's one thing we need to talk about one one day on the show. Uh, um, why, why, you know, Japan obviously got the games first. Right. North America usually got them second. And then Europe was always, you know, much later. Oh, did Europe just, did it take a while to, for the Nintendo to catch on in Europe? Uh, well, in Europe, know. if I recall, Sega was more of a powerhouse in Europe. Like, people like the Master System and the mm -hmm. Mega Drive. So the Nintendo probably wasn't that focused in Europe. Oh, okay. And there's okay. also the whole translating to that crazy British English. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't. It's completely different language. Um, so, Wizard and Warriors was was reviewed by the Nintendo Fan Club News, which was the precursor to Nintendo Power. Um, and it was also featured again in Nintendo Power's November-December 1989 issue. So, it's was two years after the, the release, it was yeah, featured again. Very popular game. Uh, 1989, it was nominated by the magazine for um, Best Graphics and Sound and Best Character for the Nintendo Power Awards 1988, but did not win in either category. I wonder who won. I don't know. Kuro sounds like a good character. He is I mean, a pretty sweet character. Kuro? He's just basically a knight, but which yeah. the cover's a little misleading. That's something that kind of bugged me as a kid because <laughs> i was expecting this uh like conan the barbarian style guy yeah and then exactly, i turned the game yeah. on he's just like your generic knight which is cool yeah but yeah. Yeah. so um it was reviewed by other magazines uh, like i said it was covered very very widely because of its uh for its popularity and uh, uh anyway um it gets a lot of scant coverage from modern um, video game uh, websites, mainly because I guess when you think about old school Nintendo, you know, we talk about a lot of the games that we've already talked about. The Super Mario Brothers, Pac-Man, Tetris, the more famous ones. But Wizards and Warriors was actually a very famous, very popular game. Um, and IGN... Um, actually listed Wizards and Warriors as, at number 56 of its top 100 NES games list. Middle of the road. Um, yeah. Which I, well, actually, though, if you think about it, number 56 out of, like, what is it, 700 that's games? That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so, also, uh, columnist and comedy writer 
Sean Baby, <laughs> humorously criticized the game for items that did not work as intended, including the Cloak of Darkness and the Boots of Lava Walk, which we'll talk about that, I guess, when we talk about gameplay. So, yeah, uh, you know, and also, the you know, we talked about Rare. Uh, this is, you know, Rare was a company made in 1982. This was their second game, and um, and trying to trying out on the Nintendo, which they eventually uh, it, it led it was led to so so much success that uh, Nintendo actually uh, kind of gave them like a contract to do to do games on Nintendo. And um, so, another, anyway, another thing about Rare, um, I guess they kind of got to work around that release more than five games a year as a developer mm -hmm. because they like developed a bunch of games and then had other people publish them so like so like a claim right. published right. some and like somebody else published some <coughs> so they were able to release more than that five game a year restriction that nintendo placed and also the right. if the game came out in 1987 it was probably among mm -hmm. the first non-nintendo mm -hmm. released games because nintendo kind of yeah held on to their all the games when they first when it first came out most most games right. in the first couple of years are all Nintendo developed by Nintendo so that's pretty it's it's mm -hmm. quite the uh, it, I mean the game itself is it's quite the game for having been one of the first non Nintendo among the first non Nintendo releases I feel like right and also a little tidbit this is not actually about this game but the next game the sequel Iron Sword um, it earned a place in history books for being the only video game ever released featuring romance novel cover model Fabio <laughs> on the box art. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta enjoy that. Fabio getting the, getting the video game box art. So. Yeah. So, the, um, also the claim, you know, claim who published the game went on and was a very successful company as well. It came out with NBA Jam, a ton of other games. Yep. So. And now, Michael's quest to find the cart! Uh, well, this game is actually, if you listened to last episode, this game was donated to us by William, yeah. William Culver from the Arcade USA and ColecoVisions podcast. So... Yes, I was able to find the cart because it was mailed to my door by William. So thank you, William. Uh, I had a lot of fun playing it, and I, it's sitting on the shelf in my collection now, and I'll definitely play it again. This is a game that I probably would have seeked out eventually by myself, but glad to have it, and uh, thanks again. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the game. Let's just talk about the okay. game. All right. Two dudes in an NES present the game discussion. The first thing I noticed, and this is the weirdest thing, one of the weirdest things to me, okay? I know most games start off with, when you hit start and you start the game, it either gives you a story, or it'll just start you standing there at the beginning of the level. This game starts you falling out of a treehouse. <laughs> yeah. So, which is weird. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, a door opens and your guy falls out of a tree. And so you're a knight. Right. Obviously, knights back then, you know, probably lived very handsomely. Yeah, you would think he would be coming out of a castle or maybe riding yeah. in on a horse. No, 
Kuros, he lives in a tree, and he decided, well, it's time for me to go save the world from this magician man or wizard guy. I'm going to come out of my treehouse and let's walk through the forest or jump through the forest. Saving a damsel in distress. No, a distressed damsel. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) There's a difference. Excuse me. I misspoke. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, at the end of the at the end of the first level, or at the end of every level, maybe there's a looks like an Amazon woman actually, because she's like wearing a bikini or something. (laughs) She's hanging up from a rope, and you cut the rope down, and it says, "You've saved the distressed damsel." Yeah, there's several distresses and damsels in this game. Right. He's uh, this magician collects them. (laughs) (laughs) His collection of damsels. And he's, I guess, the story to the game is this. I don't know if he's called a wizard or a magician or whatever. His name's like Mekalekahai. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, uh, it's like a medieval Michael. Ah, ooh. Malco, Malco, Malco. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's apparently stolen up a bunch of damsels and turned all the creatures in the world to bad guys, including mm-hmm. bumblebees, which are just a giant mm-hmm. pain in the neck. They're just flying around like boomerangs around your guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and then also the game. One of the things about the gameplay is is the life. But you've also got evil. So it's like, it's not just live, it's not good and evil, but you've got life and evil. Yeah, I think evil only shows up <laughs> when you get to the bosses. I think it shows right, up as, right, as yeah, their life. Yeah. But And if you never make it to a boss, you're always wondering, what is this, do I have an evil meter? Yeah. <laughs> do I, if I do bad things? It, well, I do, yeah. Speaking of those bees, too, uh... I noticed that the, the his sword swing is like the worst sword swing of any game I've ever played because it's just he takes yeah. it it's like he holds it close to his chest and just kind of waves it around. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that we'll talk about in another episode. But there's also other sword swords and weapon use. Uh, one that comes to mind is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original game. The weapon use is a little ridiculous, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But, but um, so you collect these gems, and this is what I think is funny. And you, what do you use these gems for? But to bribe <laughs> yeah. the creature who guards. <laughs> it's like you teach. You were teaching you to bribe. You got to bribe yeah. the red knight to get out of your way. Yeah. Look what I have. This is a bag of magical gems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it always so, frustrated uh, me whenever I would get like 99 gems because you need 100 to make the Red Knight move and I just cannot find but, that one more yeah, gem. Yeah. Um, I had a lot yeah. of trouble with this game as a kid. Like th- This game was very difficult for me when I was younger because I just the whole concept of it, it, it just missed, missed me. It went over my head. Like I Collect wow. the gems, pay off the knight, Move on to the next level, beat the boss, pay the gems. It just, for some reason, I just could not grasp it. Yeah. Nowadays, I played it and I love this game. Like when I was a kid, I hated it because I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. But now, I, playing it now, it's it's probably it's moved way up there on my list of favorite games. It's pretty cool. The only thing about it yeah. that I've noticed that's a little different than most NES games, or at least most 
of the higher tier NES games is you have unlimited continues. Which is not, that's yeah. not unusual, but the unlimited continues, you restart almost immediately where you were, even if you just used uh -huh. a life. So it kind of makes it a little easy, in a, in uh -huh. a sense. Yeah. Um, oh, I agree. But, but what do, and also what makes it easy is when you finally get that dagger, and you don't have to use your sword. Mm -hmm. Kuros is uh, quite the master, he's the master dagger thrower. I don't, it's yeah, the dagger of throwing, maybe, or something. Yeah, it's the dagger of throwing, yeah. He throws it like a boomerang, so got... and it comes back. <laughs> yeah. The old, does, does the enemy throw it back? That's what's... Ah, oh, it's sad, man. Let me just give this back to you. Um, you can throw so you, you can throw it and, like, jump at the perfect time, and it just keeps spinning around Kuros. Because he never, he never <laughs> catches it. Yeah. Um, also, don't forget the battle axe of Agor. Or Agor, say yeah, that. I didn't. I didn't make it far enough to uh, yeah. get that in yeah. this playthrough. Um, also, one of the things about this game is that, that I, I like is the items that you can collect. So one of the one of the, I'm a big meat eater, so I like the like the pork chop you can get. Yeah, the it's, leg of the leg of help. lamb. Yeah, <laughs> 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 maybe it's a mutton. It could I don't be know. a mutton chop. Right. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what uh, I think they ate back then. But yeah, I don't know. We need to refer to CBS for that one. I think. Um, something else that kind of annoyed me about this game was the noise that it made when you get low on life. It's just continuous, <laughs> and it's just so annoying <laughs> that I almost yeah. wanted to just go ahead and die because it just was, mm -hmm. or mute the TV. It was bad. I can't. Right. I'm not going to recreate it here, but it was pretty bad. Well, yeah, and I think when we're going to talk about gameplay, let's talk about as much of the things that, like I kind of alluded to earlier when talking about the history, is uh, the uh, the things that didn't work. The Cloak of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, it makes you Supposed invisible to the player, but not but to the enemies, <laughs> and, you <Yeah>. still, <laughs> and you can still be hit. It's actually it's actually just something that make makes the game hard. Yeah, and it it just turns <laughs> you into like a sparkler. Yeah. So yeah, cloak of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. F minus. Maybe that's what it, maybe it was supposed to make the game harder. Maybe, that's what, maybe it was it was a uh, something that the game designers put in to say we're gonna trick everybody here, make them think this is awesome, and it's not gonna be awesome. Could be. Mm -hmm. Uh well and, and so. the um, my favorite or at least my favorite name was like the boots of force. Yeah. Yeah. For stomping boots. on heads. <laughs> yeah. Still toed boots. I don't know. Well you think well if you're a knight, your boots are still anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I think you think knights would have just boots of force. That's just that's just part of the knight's gear. Yeah, that's what they always wear, boots of force. Yeah. Well, that's a, that brings up another question. I mean, knights are made of their armor is made of like steel. Yeah. Well, Kuros has got some ups. I mean, he can jump pretty yeah. high for having wearing all that. It's got to be heavy. He must have some gigantic legs. Kuros is the athlete. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he, he, he does. This... He definitely doesn't skip leg day. No. I mean, you know, if, if this was if, if the Olympics were going on, he'd be high jumping easily. He'd be out there in his. In his ninth year, 
doing the high jump and acting like it was easy. Yeah. Of course, he would... Also, if you're, if you're going to talk about boots, let's talk about the boots of Lava Wall, too. Uh, it doesn't really save you that much. You walk on the lava and you still you still lose some life. I guess it saves you a little bit. Not as but, much. Uh, yeah, you don't lose as much, I guess. Yeah. But you can't really walk yeah. on lava. Yeah. I don't know what kind of boots that would be. Well, it couldn't be steel. That would conduct heat, I imagine, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. So graphics-wise, I thought it was pretty good, really. I mean, the... Yeah, it really is pretty good. I mean, it's not the it's not the best NES game as far as graphics, but it's it's nowhere near the worst. It's I mean, it's in the upper portion of NES games, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, the backgrounds mm -hmm. are really are really good. Right. The color uh, there's a color system of some kind in the game where I never quite understood it, but it's you can get potions to turn your night different colors. Mm -hmm. And there's different colored keys. I guess they open different colored doors and different colored chests. But the colors are just kind of boring. They're just like a baby blue and pink and red. Yeah. I mean, I guess that yeah. they're doing what they can do. I'm... Well, they stand another out. Thing that I, yeah, another thing that I thought about with this game was uh, is how it, it's, it's actually labeled like a RPG. It's kind of designed as a, you know, they talk about it as being an RPG. But it really doesn't play as much like an RPG. It's, you know, still side-scrolling action. Yeah, it's kind of, a, I, I guess, I like an adventure, action-adventure yeah. game. Yeah, if you think, you know, you talk about RPGs, like, you know, RPGs in, in terms of, like, Final Fantasy, which we talked about with Rob a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, there's not a lot of fighting going on. But in this game, it's completely different, even though it is an adventure-type RPG game. Still a lot of action. Yeah, it's it, it's true. Uh, the music in this game is amazing. I think it's yeah. just incredible. I mean, it sounds like when you turn the game on. <clears throat> excuse me. Like the first thing you hear is like that crazy. Sounds like crazy piano music with like orchestrated. It's, it's just. Mm -hmm. da well, David Wise, I guess is David he Wise. Was, yeah, he's the house composer for Rare, and he's pretty famous. Yeah. I guess he's done a lot of games. Yeah, he did like pretty much all the rare games. Uh, you know, he did Donkey Kong Country, but you know that's a Super Nintendo game. We're Nintendo guys, but I gotta say, so, you know that there was good music in that game. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, some more of his later work, and I'm just looking at his like video game credits. First, he did Slalom, which was rare, Rare's first game. Did he do Battletoads? Uh, he did not do Battletoads. It appears. Uh, no, he did not do Battletoads. <laughs> It does sound kind of like a departure uh, from what he normally does. Yeah. So he he didn't. Nope. Nope. He did do Battletoads. Sorry. Oh, I misspoke. Uh, yeah. He did Battletoads. Take back your comment of it being. It does still sound uh, like a departure, but it's good. Yeah. It, yeah. It's very funky. Anyways, we'll talk about that on Battletoads. Yeah. So, uh, great music by. Uh, one Mr. David Wise. I mean, it just really sets the mood off, right? I mean, it's just you, you're going to be playing a fantastical adventure, and the first thing you hear when you turn it on is some fantastical fantasy song. They should have got him to compose the CBS special, and then maybe it would have been a better show. 
So you know how old he was, David Wise, when he first started composing for Rare? Mm, I don't know, 19. 18. Wow. Yeah, he was a, a young lad. He was 20 years old when Wizards and War, Warriors came out. That's even That makes it even more impressive then. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he was only born in you know 1967, so he's only he's only 47 now, 46. We'll turn 47 this year. I heard so, yeah. I heard he's coming back into composing too. I don't know what he's doing. I think he did. He may have done the new Donkey Kong that came out on Wii U, Tropical Freeze. He may have done that game. Let's see if he's credited as that. I'm kind of um, uh, he is credited. Oh yeah, uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze Wii U. He did it. Yeah, so he's still still cranking out the good tunes. Yeah, well, I haven't played that game, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a Wii U. All yeah. I've got's a Nintendo. Yeah, it's true. NES. That's why we do this. That's why we do this podcast. Yeah, uh, the storyline. We kind of talked about the storyline, but I think it's a decent story. It it's kind of generic, but it fits. Mm-hmm. It works. Um, yeah, I yeah I like it. Uh, it's kind of that what we were talking about at the top of the show about the type of fantasy that was going on in the 80s compared to like today's fantasy. And if you look at the type of fantasy, it definitely fits that type of fantasy. It's that uh, medieval Conan the Barbarian, although the gameplay wasn't as much Conan the Barbarian as it was medieval knights. But Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what the game was actually modeled after, actually. Yeah. yeah. Kuros is actually supposed to be um, Lancelot. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's. Uh, you got a high score this time. The game. Uh, the game does keep your score, and then when you, that's the only thing about the continues that changes it up is when you use a continue, you lose all your points for your high score. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I took the Brave Knight Kuros deep within the forest of Elrond and uh, totaled the 69,000. A little over 69,000. 69,000. Well, yeah. not quite my score. I took uh, no, Kuros through the forest, down the bottomless pit tree, which, quick side note, I forgot to mention when we were talking about the gameplay, there's actually a little game of Plinko in this. Because <laughs> yeah. if you make it past the first night and you go down the tree, uh, your guy falls and then he has to like fall over these roots, and so you kind of play Plinko yeah. with Kuros. But anyways, right. so I made it through there and then I made it down into the big blue cave, through the big blue cave. This is all on one continue too, I might add, which may or may not oh. be that big of an accomplishment for most of the listeners out there, but for me, this was pretty good. Then I made it to the bats, and then the bats just killed me over and over and over and over again. But my high score was 101,340. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, maybe one day <laughs> you can beat me at one of these games. It might be a while. Yeah, we'll but... figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, so, neither one of us uh, got to Malkul and Capture and you know, was able to save the princess that he held prisoner in Castle no. Ironspire. Nope. So the damsel is still in distress out there. If any of our listeners want to go out there. No, she's not still in distress. She's still distressed. Ah, okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, okay. I I do plan on beating (laughs) this game one day. I mean, 
It may take me a while since each week I have to play this stupid shows game. But, uh... How dare you. <laughs> if only I had some retrofitted trophies! Did you come up with any trophies? Uh, you know, it, it would be easy to go. Uh, well, I think I'm just going to go with the high score trophy, and that's called the Tom Arnold Be Impressed trophy. And what score do you have to achieve to get that trophy? Just whoever got the high score. So I guess you win the Tom Arnold Would Be Impressed trophy. All right. I get the Tom Arnold so. Would Be Impressed trophy. Well, I came up with a trophy called uh, Canopy Kuros. <laughs> okay. And to get the Canopy Kuros trophy, you have to go on top of the trees in the first level. And run across the top of the trees. Okay. Because that's called the canopy, right? I hope I hope I got that right. I don't really remember yeah. my rainforest trivia that well, but that that works. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's called. And then uh, Plinko Master, which is mm -hmm. you get all the chests when you're falling down the hole in the uh, tree because it's kind of hard to do that. So if you can get make Kuros do the Plinko just perfectly where he dodge. He goes over the roots and gets all the chests. Then you get the trophy Plinko Master. Cool. So, you know, we should also do like a trophy for uh, people who don't do what they're supposed to do. Like if you ask them to do something, they, they just they don't do it. And it's called the Cloak of Darkness. <laughs> trophy. You just, yeah. You're supposed to do this. You didn't do it. That's not, that's not for this game. That's just for our, like our friends and family. General life. Yeah. yeah. General life. Yeah. You get... Yeah. You just hand them the Cloak of Darkness trophy. Like they don't show up for a podcast or something. John. Right. Right. Yeah. We're going to have to bring John on the two dudes show one day. Yeah, we will. We will. He, he's a big fan of Punch-Out! and Super Mario 2. So when okay. we get to one of those two games, we'll bring him on. It's time for the game reading. So, Justin, I got a question for you. Oh, no. If you were going to give this game a medieval weapon, what medieval weapon would you give it? Oh, um, I'm going to have to go with a mace. That's what I was going to go with. Well, what's your reasoning? Ah! What's your reasoning? <laughs> uh, because it's awesome. <laughs> the mace is an awesome weapon. You can, you know, anything with a ball that has spikes on it, you can just... Uh, swinging it around. I'm just yeah. Okay. Well, I got. I, got I think I got a good reasoning for using mace as well. I think. I okay. think. I call it the mace because out of out of most of the medieval weapons, it's the one that's not going to dull, right? Like you get a yeah. sword over time, it's going to be dull. Or you get a axe over time, it's going to be dull. But the mace, it'll stand the test of time, which I think this game has also done. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's good reasoning. Okay. Uh, yeah. So is that our grades? Is that our rating? Yeah, that's it. So we both he get the game gets two maces. He gets two maces. Or two mice, whatever you call it. <laughs> two I don't know. Two mace. What's the plural of? I think it's two, just. What's the, is it mace? What's the plural of mace? I don't know. Uh, maybe, Somebody out there who's a grammar hog needs to let us know. Yeah, one of you people that uh, has been up in arms about the name of our show can also tell us <laughs> you can what also the plural of mace is. yeah please please do now yeah so two maces 
two mace out of all medieval weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. Perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, we did get some feedback also. If I can figure out how to look at it. Uh, Wait, here we go. Here we go. Um, actually, before we do feedback, well, this is kind of feedback. I would like to make note of two five-star ratings that we got this past week. All right. All right. One of them, which I'm very thankful for because this person said very kind words about our show, is from Fearsome B. They say, mm -hmm. best podcast out there so far. Five stars. It says, wow. it says, I Thank don't you. think I will ever find a podcast that will top this one. Keep up the good work. So that's quite the uh, quite the compliment to us, and I appreciate that, Fearsome B. Yeah. And then the second iTunes review is from Tom Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> he says, hey, guys, I'm very impressed that you decided to do a podcast about me. Keep up the great work. <laughs> so well, you know. Tom's never listened to it, so he just assumes it's about <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, uh, I like the uh, T-shirt that you put up on uh, Facebook about it last week. You know, you can go on Tom Arnold's store and get a shirt that says, uh, "It could be worse. You could be Tom Arnold or something like that." <laughs> yeah. I think I think we should turn that uh, that NES box art logo that I made of Tom Arnold. Yeah, we should turn yeah. that into a shirt, and then it would be awesome. Maybe we could. Maybe eventually. I don't know how much shirts cost to get made, but maybe we could do that and make it like a donation thing for our extra life. Yeah. If people could buy yeah. that shirt. I don't know. We'll see. It may be too, way too expensive. Let's Wait, see. Does Tom Arnold have a Twitter account? We need to figure that out. He does. Like the we, real Tom we follow him. Okay. Which, we, need to start, we, we haven't started tweeting at him yet. But. Yeah. We're going to start tweeting at him at some point and try to get him on the show. We, maybe we could at least get him to do just like a sound bite, like a five second sound bite to send to us i don't know yeah that'd be awesome all right all right so from the retro junkies forum um we have one that says i remember this game from when i was a kid i felt like the biggest game that it would i felt like it was the biggest game that would ever be made the fact that there were unlimited continues and no <clears throat> clear path through the maze-like levels is something i always enjoyed i still play it to this day then Aaron Hickman yeah. says, I have often wondered why Kuros was never in Killer Instinct games. He'd been fan he would have been fantastic. And this game has some of the best box art and music. This is the best game Acclaim has ever had anything to do with, period. Hmm. So, not a, he All must right. not be a big fan of Acclaim. Or either that or he's a huge fan of this game. Yeah. And then Eric Purcell... It says, if my memory serves, I definitely enjoyed this game. I also really liked the box art. And Eric's probably going to yeah. stop listening to the show if I keep that up. But that's what he gets for saying that he uh, his last name is pronounced Purr like the cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, sorry, Eric. All right. Well, good show today. Yeah. Um, you know, just tell everybody, you know, continue to rate us and review us. Pass the word along with your friends if you like the show. If you don't like the show, maybe your friends will like the show. Um, so tell a friend. Uh, check us out. Also, our, our website. I'll give the uh, the web address this time. I'd appreciate uh, that. In, 
Yeah, nesdudes.com. Uh, we have show notes there, little tidbits about some things uh, about the game that uh, we don't necessarily talk about on the show. So go check that out. Yep. And of course, like us and follow yeah, us like on us, follow us. And give Facebook. us give us reviews on iTunes. We we appreciate them. We'll if you give us a five star review, we will say it on the show. If you give us a one yeah. star, we'll probably say it on the show too. If you write anything, so, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's constructive criticism, like don't just say you suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, your guys, yeah. your guys' show is terrible. Yeah, tell, yeah. If you ever have, tell us why. If you want to. Yeah, throw that on Facebook. If you ever say, if you ever want specific, I guess we kind of always have put that on uh, in feedback. But if you ever have specific questions about a game we're doing, throw it on Facebook. We'll we'll research it. We'll put our team, our our crack team of researchers on it, and uh, see if who, we can figure it out. Who is that? Me. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We so, will get a crack team, and then we'll reach Yeah, it. Uh, yeah. We're going to assemble a team to answer your question. Yeah. So. All right. All right. I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Hey, what is that over there in the corner? Oh, what? This? Yeah. I don't know. It, just, it came in the mail the other day. I just hadn't time to, had time to look at it. You want me to check it out? Yeah, let's check it out. Let's see. It says uh, transdimensional warp. Drive, and it's got a big red X and a button. Did you push that button? I don't know. Okay. Weird. Okay. Okay. I can push the button. Okay. Hang All on. right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Flip the switch. Push the button. Whoa! What the? Where, Where are we? I don't know, man. Do you hear that music, uh, though? Yeah. It sounds what familiar. Is that? I've heard that before, I know. Um, I, yeah. Where is uh, that? I don't know. But uh, yeah, this place is definitely weird. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, we're going to try to figure out where we are. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and end the show now, but... Um, We'll let you know. Hopefully yeah, we'll be we'll back next week. Out. I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to go over there towards that big giant sphere thingy. Maybe they can help yeah. us out. All right. It does have tank treads, though, so it kind of scares me. Hmm. Anyways, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can get out of this strange world. Yeah. All right. See y'all. See you.